This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. And we ask that God may richly bless us as we read his holy word together. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy our brother, to God's holy people and Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love, of, the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. <clears throat> you learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who has told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, today's message is entitled, The Power of the Gospel. Paul wrote in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The word power is dunamis, dynamite. And um, there was a contest where they wanted to see whose sermon title would get people to get off of a bus should that bus pull up in front of the church and see the title of the sermon on the marquee of the church. And the one that won was, there's dynamite in your bus. <laughs> Dunamis is the Greek word for power. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the dunamis, it's the power of God unto salvation. We're going to look at that here in Colossians chapter 1. Now don't be afraid of this list, because this is not my outline. However, 
as I meditated on Colossians chapter 1, which mentions the phrase, the gospel, four times, and when it doesn't mention the phrase, the gospel, it explains the gospel. The gospel is powerful because it does these things. It transforms us with faith, love, and hope. The gospel is powerful because it transcends what we deserve. We deserve punishment and condemnation for our sin and rebellion. Instead, we get grace. It transfers us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's beloved Son, which is the kingdom of light. It transfixes us on Christ's all-sufficiency. We worship him as the image of God and the fullness of God indwelling him. It transacts Christ's righteousness to us so that when God sees us, he sees Christ's holiness instead of our sinfulness. The gospel is so powerful that it transmits from us to others as we pray for them and as we share the good news with them. And it translates into a desire to live for the Lord. The gospel is powerful. It's dunamice. Now let's look at that. Beginning at verse 3, I want you to see this big picture. Gospel power, faith, hope, and love. It says in verse 3, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. To emphasize that this whole chapter is about the gospel, I have capitalized that phrase, the gospel. You will see it four times because it's from top to bottom of this chapter. This message is about the gospel. But notice the triune Christian virtues of faith, love, and hope. When I was in seminary, a book came out by Gene Getz, entitled, The Measure of a Church. What makes a church a success? Is it because of its budget? Is it because of how many people attend it? No, it's more than nickels and noses. Is it because of its missionary program? Is it because of its evangelistic zeal? Gene Getz, professor at Dallas Seminary, said if you look at Paul's letters, almost all of them have a reference to faith, hope, and love. That's what makes for a successful church, a biblical church, a mature church, is a church characterized by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, love for all the saints, and hope of heaven. And this has come to us because we've trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Because he is our Lord and Savior, our faith is growing, 
our love is abounding, and our hope is more glorious than ever. We did a memorial service yesterday for Bob Ushery. And I have to tell you, from all the many hours I've spent visiting with Bob and Linda in their home, I have considered Bob a dear friend, and I miss him. But how much sweeter heaven has become to me because I have one more friend up in heaven I can't wait to see. So we have hope, a certain hope, a sure hope. Now, the fact that we're talking about the gospel, the true message of God's glorious forgiveness of our sins through faith in Jesus Christ, Eugene Peterson, when he was writing his translation of the entire Bible, said, how do I want to entitle the name of the Bible? And he called it The Message. Because the gospel is shot through from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And it's not just a message. It's a life-transforming message. When you come to Christ, you're filled by His Spirit, you have faith, you have love, you have hope. The gospel is powerful because it's spreading grace. Notice it says in verse 6, in the same way the gospel, there's that phrase again, is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Did you catch that? God's grace is another name for the gospel. Why is God's grace another name for the gospel? Well, because all religions teach that you have to do something in order for God to approve you. Christianity teaches Jesus did something for us. He died on the cross, bearing our punishment in our place so he could, we could be forgiven and we receive his righteousness. That's grace. Do we deserve forgiveness? No. Do we deserve the righteousness of Christ being put to our account? No. That's unmerited favor. That's God's amazing grace. And who is spreading this gospel, this message? In the case of the Colossian Christians, it's Epaphras. And we're so thankful for evangelists and pastors and missionaries who tell the good news of forgiveness of sins through faith in Christ. Epaphras, it says in verse 7, is a dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and he reports back to Paul how the Christians in Colossae are doing. He says they're loving one another in the power of the Spirit. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, I always call it Romans double nickel. Romans double nickel, Romans 5.5, 5, says God has poured his heart, his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You have a reservoir of love, more than you could ever use in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Can you love the person next to you? Can you love the unlovely? Yes, you can. How? 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus and you can love somebody who may be hard to love, where extra grace is required, if you know what I mean. So Epaphras reported back, yeah, they're loving each other, they're telling others about Jesus, and they're looking forward to Christ's return and to heaven. And Paul is very thankful. Gospel power is summarized in verses 13 to 14. It says in these verses, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We've been rescued and redeemed through Jesus Christ. That's power! I mean, how much power would it take to move someone from hell to heaven? From being condemned to being a child of God. How much power would it take to redeem a rebel into a worshiper? How much power would it take to cleanse the deepest, darkest sins so that they're white as snow? Jesus, on the cross, has made that possible. We've been rescued and redeemed. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Now, because we finished a series through the book of Hebrews, I have to tell you something. We don't know exactly who wrote the book of Hebrews, but it sure sounded like Paul to me. He may have been translating it, I mean, dictating it to an amanuensis, a secretary, who was putting it into high-style Greek that wasn't common to Paul, but it reflects and echoes a lot of what Paul would say. And here, if you read in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 19, it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Let me just read the first three verses of Hebrews chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various places. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed as heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Now, did I just hear an echo in this room? And I don't mean the mic. I mean what I read in Colossians 1, 15 to 19, and what I read in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. They sure sound similar. Now, here's the beauty of it. Having preached through the book of Hebrews, 
I appreciate now more deeply than I ever have that we have a fully qualified Savior. That's the point. That if He wasn't God, He could not live a sinless life. And He could not have given that sinless life in place for our sinful lives because He would have had to pay for His own sin. If He was not God who made the universe and made all and sustains all, then He could not have lived a sinless life to give us His perfect righteousness. He had to be a qualified Savior. He had to be fully God, and yet, as it says in verse 22 of this chapter, He had to be fully man, where it says it's through Christ's physical body through death that He presents us wholly in His sight, without blemish and free from accusation. So Jesus Christ is uniquely qualified to be the Savior of the world. And that's what it says in these verses in Colossians 1, verse 20, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Is that not the gospel? That we were once alienated from God because of our sin. Christ died for our sin, paid for our sin in full, so we could be forgiven, made holy, so we could have communion and a personal relationship with a holy God. There's now peace between us and God because of Christ's atonement. Atonement can mean at one We were once estranged, but now we're at one because of the cross and the shed blood of Jesus. Our qualified Savior wins. He has defeated the devil and purchased us by his precious blood. The gospel power is so powerful that you and I are made holy in God's sight. It says this in, first, in Colossians 1, 21-23. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. So the gospel tells us, you have a clean slate. The gospel tells us, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. The gospel tells us that God loves us and accepts us and we belong to Him without any fear of rejection or embarrassment or of future punishment. Is that not good news? Aren't you feeling secure and loved and wonderfully embraced by God? A holy God accepts you because you are now a holy people through the shed blood 
of Christ. You are okay. God really, really likes you. You can breathe easier and rest in Him. You can come to His throne of grace and know He doesn't turn you away. He listens to you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And that's the hope we have because of the gospel. The gospel power then is seen through people proclaiming it and serving it. This is the gospel that you have heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So the gospel is not just words, a message. It's a transforming message when you trust in God's word that Jesus saves because you're forgiven, you receive his righteousness, his Holy Spirit comes inside of you, and you want to spread the good news to others, and you want to become a servant to the gospel. Now, what does it mean to become a servant to the gospel? I knew a wonderful servant to the gospel. His name was Dick Winchell, and he was general director of uh, the Evangelical Alliance Mission. And he would always say, as a servant of the gospel, I'm willing to share Jesus wherever, whenever, whatever. I like that. That's what it means to be a servant of the gospel. Your willingness to share wherever, whenever, and whatever. And that was the life of Dick Winchell. Now, let's get down to the practical. I'm going to go back to verse 9 for a second. Having heard this great news about the Christians at Colossae, that they're characterized by faith, hope, and love, and that they are uh, realizing the implications and the power of the gospel, Paul prayed for them. And he prayed that they might please God, that they may live a life worthy of the Lord. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Lord Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Should we be praying for our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids this prayer? Yes. Should we be praying for our church and for our nation and for our world this prayer? Yes. And should we be praying this prayer for ourselves? Yes. So then let's get right down to the bare nubbins. What does a life worthy of our calling that pleases him in every way look like? Four things, real quick. Bearing fruit in every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. And, number four, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. A life 
that is pleasing to the Lord, a life that is worthy of the Lord, is bearing fruit. We're bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and the like. We're growing in knowing the Lord. We are being strengthened by relying on the Lord's strength and power in our weakness, in trials and temptations, and in testings. And we're characterized by being a joyful, thankful people. How many have seen old people who are curmudgeons? They look like they've been uh, weaned on dill pickles. They look so sour walking around with frowns. But you are not like that. Your countenance is joyful. Your spirit is delightful. Why? Because you're giving joyful thanks to the Father that He has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of light. You are going to go to heaven. You've got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. Are you not joyful? Are you not thankful? Hallelujah! I saw some hallelujah hands there. Hallelujah! Praise God! I want to bear fruit. I want to know God. I want to rely on God for strength and power. And I want to be giving joyful thanks to the Father all the time. Because all that I am and ever hope to be, I would all to thee. To God be the glory. Now, as I wrap this up, this makes more sense than ever. Okay, my slide just died, and I wanted to have the last slide of the tease, but that's okay. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are praising you. We are praising you for the gospel. We are praising you that the center of the gospel is Jesus, our qualified Savior, who has won the day, who has won the ages, who has won eternity, for all of us, and we trust in you, Jesus, and we worship you, for you are the fullness of God, and you have given your life for the, our forgiveness and to provide righteousness for us that we could stand before a holy God and be fully accepted and loved. Lord, we praise you. May we tell others about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.